Good morning, everyone. Oh, that's really loud. Um, do any of you have some of those friends or family members that uh, have disclaimers before every gift that they give at Christmas or on birthdays? Like, I'm not sure if I got the sizing right, or, or I, I saw this and I thought of you, but if you don't like it, we could totally return it. Well, every one of my messages is going to come with a disclaimer. Um, so you can say that I give my messages like my mother-in-law gives gifts. Uh, so, first things first, if, if you're a guest with us this morning, welcome here. We're glad that you're here. I see some, some new faces here this morning. Um, just remember that um, I'm a guest here on, on stage. I typically only speak. Last year I shared once, and it'll probably be about another year before I share again. Um, so, you came on an interesting day. I, I hope ha- God has something for you this morning. Um, I typically speak on Friday nights for the youth, grades 5 to 12. Um, so that doesn't mean that I, I dumb things down or I avoid hard topics. It's just a different type of energy. Um, if, uh, if you're talking, though, however, I, I might instinctively just separate you. I just, it might just come naturally to me. So uh, if, you, yeah, if you're talking, um, that may happen. Uh, I'm naturally pretty silly, so the youth are just a little more accepting of that. Um, so again, this morning, I, I don't want to offend anybody this morning. I process things quite a bit differently than most people, if you know me. Um, and, so, and also, I want to be very... The biggest thing is I want to be respectful of your time this morning. I value your time as much as I value my own time. And, you know, when uh, Pastor Ed asked me to speak, I was, he, he said, Ben or me. So I was like, great, Ben, you can... You're up, buddy. Um, and, then, uh, and then I heard uh, Ben Dick's message, and I was like, oh, that, that was really good, and that lead, would lead right into what God was calling me to, to speak on. And then I started organizing my, my stories, my life stories of what I feel God wanted me to share, and then the scripture that God wanted me to stare, share and then I heard Pastor Ed speak another message, and he put those stories and those, those messages, or the, the scripture together, and I was like, okay, okay, so this is, this is really wrecking me a bit, and this is really coming together. And then, uh, and then Andrea shared a couple weeks ago, and Aaron, my wife, was like, wow, that, that is exactly what you would talk about, isn't it? I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. So, again, I want to be respectful of your time. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do this. I'm going to set my, uh, I'm going to set my timer here. There we go. <clears throat> so before we really dig in, we're just going to turn to Acts 4, uh, 13. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. If you can find this, then you're, you win a prize. Uh, now, so, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Verse 8 says, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Can you imagine if you had had the time with Jesus that the disciples had? To be recognized as someone who spent time with Jesus? To have had that privilege? Have you ever met someone and immediately recognized that they spent regular time with Jesus? What does it tell us? Isn't isn't that what we're striving for? How do we get there? How do we get to the point where we're recognized as someone that spends regular time with Jesus? Well, do you remember what Ben shared about a month ago in uh, John 15, um, John 15, 1 to 8, but verse 5, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. <clears throat> So, what, so go back to Acts. What did Peter say to gain this reaction? Acts 4, verse 8 to 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done by, to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." Boom. In hip-hop, we call that a mic drop. Uh, The NIV application commentary says, Speaking out of the fullness of the Spirit and out of the knowledge of the Scriptures, the apostles have a boldness that comes from the confidence of both their message and empowerment by the Spirit. The Believer's Bible commentary says, The Sanhedrin was struck by the boldness of Peter and John. They would like to have brushed them aside as uneducated and ignorant fishermen from Galilee, but there was something about their self-control, their empowered lives, their faithfulness that made them think of Jesus when they were on trial, when he was on trial. They attributed the boldness of the apostles to the fact that they had been with Jesus in the past, but the real explanation is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit now. Okay, have you guys ever, have you guys seen those how it started, where, where it's going memes, or how it's going memes? Chloe has. She, she's on the internet. So, <laughs> so I thought there might be somebody here that hadn't seen them. So this is how it started, how it's going. Chloe, could I get a drink of water? I forgot my water. It's at the back. Okay, so these are just how it's going. I'm going to find the spot here. (laughs) This is my personal favorite. And so... I was like, okay, in Acts, this is how it's going for God's message, God's word. And so I made up uh, how it's going at the top. 
and where it started. So today, we're going to talk about where it started. So turn to Luke, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 5, 1 to 11, and please stand with me as we read the Lord's Word. Jesus calls the first disciples. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So, at, so also were the James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Father God, um, we just lift this morning up to you, Lord. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about you. Everything is about you, Lord. We just lift it up to you, Lord. I pray that anything that is about me will just fall by the wayside, Lord, this morning, that, that only your word and your message and what you want everyone to hear is put forth, Lord. Daily, we, we just give it up to you, and, we, and we, I pray that uh, my, um, the words that you, that you put through me, Lord, are, are received, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. So any time in the Bible where, where Jesus goes out in a boat and sits down, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, I know what he's doing right there. Because I, I did this whole lesson, and the kids will tell you, like the, the youth will tell you that I just get really excited about that because if, if you think about it, like we, I, we did a, a lesson about the, the science of vocals and, and sound traveling on water. We had a science lesson. And, and if you think about the crowd pressing in on him, if he shouts, he's going to shout right in the face of someone who's like this or, and, and to reach the person at the back. But if he goes out in the water, they can't. He's going to put some distance between them, and their vocal, his vocals are going to travel along the water. And then as well, when he sits down, even that is going to show that he's ready to teach. So people are going to see him sitting down and, and hear him really well. And there's, uh, there's other parts of Scripture where he, he talks about listening and receiving and hearing the Word, and... And he's, at the same time, giving us a science lesson on the best way at that time to really spread sound and vocals. But 
um, the application Bible, the NIV application Bible commentary says, the miraculous catch indicates how miraculous are pictures or metaphors of spiritual realities. The miraculous catch of fish produces the metaphorical call to catch people. Jesus' prophetic leading and insight powerfully illustrate his call, indicating graphically the mission Peter was bef- has before him. Um, and then I, I listened to many different commentaries on, on this as I prepared, and, and John Piper had a quote that just, just hit me, and I wanted to share it with you, but I was like, John Piper, is he still legit? So I asked Ron, Pastor Ron, I was like, we're still good with John Piper, and he's like, I love John Piper. So John Piper says, by Jesus' power and authority, multitudes of people will be caught for eternal kingdom blessing by the followers of Jesus who teach the word of God, obey the commands of Jesus, humble themselves, and teach Christ, and treasure Christ above all. In Luke 5, 6, when they had done this, they caught a great quantity of fish, and the nets began to tear. So I like to look up, I, I love stuff like this, where you, you, you look up the, the original text in the, in, um, in the Greek, um, plethos is, is the word they use there, um, and definition is a great number, and the usage is a multitude, crowd, great number, assemblage. And so I look at where else is that word used? And in Acts 14, it says, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. Acts 14.1, now in Iconium, they entered together into a Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a great way, a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. And again, it, um, John Piper says the analogy is that not what you do with the fish when you catch them or what you do with men the analogy is between trusting Jesus to gather fish and trusting Jesus to gather men. So a few years ago, we went down to Idaho to um, go to a conference about uh, disciple-making and incorpor- incorporating it into small groups and, and, and that kind of thing. And we did this exercise that stuck with me, and, and it, it helps make the Bible really just come to life. Um, sometimes we can read the words, and, and, and we can just in one ear out the other, right? And so the exercise was that we would read Scripture, and then we would go around the small group, and each person would say who they related to in that story, in that, in that story from the Bible. And so the example text was the parable of the prodigal son. So we went around the room, and some people related to the older son, some people the younger son, and, and some of the father. And, and so that's, again, really stuck with me because sometimes you can read it one day and you relate to one of the sons, and the next day you relate to the other son. And, and now, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, you can even relate to the father. So... Um, really like makes it come to life and and so we're not in a small group this morning so can you guys hold your nets with me just physically just do this just it'll be fun i promise we'll just we're gonna grab the nets and we're gonna physically take and look at it and you're gonna have to use your imagination and think about what it would have taken to cast your nets so they're washing their nets and sometimes we skip over this but if you think about them washing their nets, 
there's going to be all kinds of other stuff that's stuck in there, like plant life and just ocean crud. And, and so they would have spent this time, and probably still while Jesus was teaching, they would have still picked away at this and, and, and gotten their nets clean. And so as Jesus asked them to cast their net, he's going to be thinking about a lot of things. I'm going to have to wash that net again. Okay, you could, you could put your nets down for a little bit. Um, so when Jesus says, put into the deep, put out into the deep and let your nets catch, or, and let down your nets for a catch, Simon answers, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. And I, I, I had to think about, like, why, why are they, okay, so... I, I had to learn that, you know, when I read this, that fishing at night, I had to learn all the different benefits of fishing at night. The water, the, the fish, the, the, they come up higher in the water because uh, the, they're not in the scorching sun and, and all these different things. And so at that, that time the, and that place, the, the, the best fishing was all night. So for him to say they're done for the day and, and for them to say, look, we've, we fished all night in the best time the apple time to fish, and we got nothing. So this is going to be a futile exercise. But he says, and look at the obedience. He says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. So whenever, uh, whenever I get asked to speak at churches, um, the emphasis is different because I assume that the majority of the people know the gospel. Um, so the emphasis changes to my biggest thing that I want to share is just that God's still at work. This isn't something that just happened a long time ago, and now we're just learning about it and applying it to our lives. Like, God's still at work. Amen? And, and he's still doing all these amazing things. And, and I always want to, the thing I say is that, that God is tangible. God is there for you to connect with and, and, and join him at work. So sometimes it can be a bit of a disconnect, right? Sometimes we can hear the message on Sunday, and I'm just as guilty as this as anyone. We can hear the message on Sunday, and then we can go start our our Monday morning, and it doesn't affect our week. It doesn't affect our week at all. And and so, um, so what what's happening? I, I just feel like there's a bit of disconnect of our reality, what we believe, and spreading the gospel is the most important thing we can do. So why aren't we doing it more? Again, speaking to myself as well. Why aren't we using every opportunity to share the good news? Is it that we don't think we will have results or that we don't know where God is asking us to cast our nets? Or is it that God has asked us to cast our nets somewhere and we look at the situation logically and we don't think it'll make a difference or won't have an effect? So... So quickly, for those of you who don't know me very well, um, 
again, my wife said, you need to explain this because you can't just assume people know what you do. So um, the main ministry that God has called me to in my life is youth ministry. And I, um, and, and specifically hip-hop, hip-hop, um, DJing, whatever we get asked to do. And so the majority of, of my ministry life that where I'm, I'm, I'm going out and ministering, and I get called to different places, um, we're, we're using hip-hop music to, uh, to just bring people in. It's, I don't want to be too literal here, but it's, it's our net. We're, we're using the music, and then what we do is we, we pause the music, and then we preach the gospel. And sometimes that can be the literal gospel. Jesus, Son of God, dying on the cross, rising again in three days. But more often than not, it's our, our personal connection, how God has taken our lives and radically changed it in evidence that God is at work in our lives. Um, and uh, when I say we, I mean my ministry team, the Ill Prophets. As, as we started answering this call, God's call to ministry, the, we, we said, okay, God. And, and we were, when we started out, we were very uh, excited and, and very fervent. And we just said, wherever you want to call us, wherever you want to take us, we will go. Wherever we get called. And, and whatever that means, we would just go. So oftentimes, we would feel called to certain places, venues, cities that didn't make sense to us logically. Um, so one time, we, we found ourselves in California, and we were, we were told, this is, where you're, you're, this is where you're doing your thing tonight. And it was a coffee shop. And so, like, it's not like an it's not acoustic set where we stay in the same place. It doesn't really fit what we what we do. There wasn't even really a stage. It was just kind of like an area with some ottomans, and, and it just looked like somewhere you would sit and play an acoustic guitar. So, I looked around, and there wasn't anybody there. It was maybe a couple people at a, a table over there, maybe a couple people in line, but we're like. This is it. So I walked out on the street and I looked. And typically we get called to like poorer neighborhoods, um, like what they, what they would call themselves the ghetto. And so we, we look around outside and this is a, by no question, this is an upscale neighborhood. And so I'm just like, God, I don't, this isn't it. Is this, did we get the wrong memo or like why are we here? And, and so we, what we do is we say, okay, this is going to be a good rehearsal for us. This is a time during, during our tour that we're just going to rehearse. So we get two songs in, and the, the place is completely full, shoulder to shoulder, completely full. I don't even know, I don't know about the, the fire restrictions or whatever, but this place was full, and... I just checked myself after and said, God, like, how can I, how can I question you like that? Why do I, how do I do that? And, and another time, um, I, I tried to make, I asked AI, oh, I asked AI to make a, to make a, a visual of this. 
because I'm not sure if I'll explain it right. So we were asked to go to a town in Washington, and we didn't do research before we went. We wouldn't do a lot of prep. We would just say, okay, that's where we're going. So we would hop in the car and go, and we found ourselves in a small town in Washington, it was, and we got there, it, was, it looked like two, three buildings, and it was a super dingy bar where we went in and grabbed a, a, a soda and, and went to the washroom and refreshed up a little bit, and we said, what, where are we? This is it? And so then we went, got back in the car, and we went to the address, and we pull up to the place, and this is what we saw. A wall of hedges and an old, old truck. And we were told that we were going to play on the back of a truck trailer. And we pulled up, and, and the rest of the team, I'm responsible for all the, all the booking and, and all the scheduling, and, and the rest of the team just looks at me like, where, where did you take us? Where is this? This is it? In the back of, is that where we're performing? That's the only, it's the only truck we could see. And I said, guys, I don't know. And they're like, can we even all fit in the back of that truck? I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's just get out and take a look. So we get out, we walk over to the truck, and we hear some noises, and we go around this hedge of, of uh, this, this hedges, and, and we see a semi pulled up there with a huge flatbed truck. And to this point, it was the best sound system that was set up. It was like for a festival. It was the best sound system we had, we had used to that point. And it, it was only for us. They had rented this. They had set up all the gear. And it, it was like amazing looking. But then we looked around, and it was just a farmer's field. That was it. And we didn't see any, anything in the town or anything that would make us feel like anybody was going to show up to this. But by 7 o'clock, vehicle after vehicle after vehicle had pulled up. And it was one of our, to that point, it was one of our bigger uh, events that we had ever done. And we had those little, uh, they're a little bit cheesy, but we had those little cards where it says, did you make a first commitment? Uh, did you make a, a, a recommitment? And and that wasn't our, somebody did that, and, and we got those back, and we just saw all these commitments to Christ, recommitments, new commitments. And again, I was like, God, how can, we, how can we do this? How can we keep doing this? How can we doubt you like this? I believe that God leads us, he directs us, he tells us where to cast our nets for multitudes to hear. Again, I would, also, I would often have moments like Simon Peter and, and that I'm not worthy. That even that who I am even gets to be part of what God's doing. How? Luke 5, 11, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So he's asking us, is he asking us all to leave everything, leave their careers, their homes, their cities? I don't believe he is. In 1 Corinthians 7, 17 to 24, it says, live as you are called. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule for all the churches. 
For he who is called in the Lord, this is verse 22 now, for he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a free man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were, brought, you were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him remain there with God. So I don't believe he is. But in almost the exact middle of the year, we just got through June, so six months, six months left, it's a great time for that self-reflection. And this is, this is what I like to do as middle of the year. Um, so where am I at? How am I doing? How am I serving? Am I sharing the gospel? God, where are you asking me to cast your net, our net? Um, I just wanted to look quickly at, at where we've come the last month because, again, I felt really, really led um, and, and so Ben's message, so the crux of his entire message is abide in me. If you don't have that, you, don't have, you have nothing. Again, what Andrea said about stepping out and, and doing work, work where, where you're called. And then Brett's message last week talked about how we need, we need to see Jesus as awesome. That if Jesus needs to be the object of our affection, that we need to be fascinated with him. He needs to be awesome to us. We need to see Jesus as everything. We need to be fruitful to the God. We need to be faithful to the gospel. So, back to the basics. So I know this is a review for most of you, but I like to just go there. What is the great commandment? Matthew twenty-two thirty-four to forty. The great commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what's the commission? The great commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. The Jesus, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. So how do we know? How do we know when we are where God has called us, doing what he has called us? Matthew seven sixteen to 20. A tree and its fruit. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered by, from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear fruit nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. 
So back to the nets. Just hold them, hold your nets on your lap. Where is God asking you to cast your net? Is it in the workplace? In your downtime? In your city? This isn't a condemnation this morning. This is an inspiration. So I want to leave you with this. Teach the word of God. And that can be over coffee. That can be explained to somebody. If you're teaching the word of God, you're just, you're referencing them to the Bible. Obey the commands of Jesus. Humble yourself. Treasure Christ above all. Tomorrow morning, that's right, I'm giving you homework. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, read Matthew 7, 16 to 20. Then ask yourself, how am I doing? Am I bearing good fruit? How am I going to live differently because of what I know? How am I going to, be li- how am I going to live differently because of who I know? Where is God asking me to go? Um, I'm going to have Matt come up, and, and this morning we have, a, we have a, a bit of an end song this morning, but it's not, a, it's not a sing-along song, it's a reflection song. I want you to stay in your seats. Um, I, want you to, I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to pray. I want you to take this time and just pray and just ask God, where do you want me? Just metaphorically, just where do you want me to cast my nets? Where, how do you want me to live? Because um, giving everything over to God is a really, really exciting thing. And we don't want to waste our life. And this is one of my favorite songs, and we're not going to do a, a hip-hop version of it this morning. We're just going to do an acoustic version of it. Um, if you want to pray in your seats, you could do that. Uh, I'm going to have the elders come to, to the steps here. And if you want to pray with somebody, then you're welcome to do that. Um, if you want to pray somebody with, pray with somebody next to you, you're welcome to do that as well. But we're just going to go through these, these uh, three minutes and reflect.
pray that you would speak to us throughout this week, Lord. You would direct our steps. My life is yours, Lord. I pray that you would just do with it what you want, Lord. Send me, Lord, I'll go. Amen. Our benediction this morning.